Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Uh, I am right now in my uh, uh, routine evening walk ready to talk to you about baseball cards. Uh, it's going to be interesting because guess what? It is kind of raining out here. I actually recorded about 15-20 minutes already. I said, ah, forget it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delete this and start over again uh, when it started really coming down. Uh, it has stopped, so I'm going to Restart and let's uh, let's go forward again here. So what we're going to talk about today, uh, tonight, or if you are listening to this in the morning, we're going to talk about how to sell your huge baseball card collection. Um, I talked about some of these uh, things in an earlier podcast, not as pointed and not as tactical as I am uh, planning to go uh, in this podcast, though. Uh, and a lot of this stuff is is already actually. Uh, uh, said in my book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. I, uh, it is not my intent to uh, have everybody that asks me for help uh, on how to sell their collection to say, hey, just buy the book. That's not what I'm about. My, what I'm about is actually helping people. And so that's why if you ask me questions uh, in private, I answer them as much as I could as long as uh, uh, I have time to do so. So uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be like a huge value and a huge help to you to listen to this podcast because what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you not just how to uh, sell a big baseball card collection but how I sold my big baseball card collection I was very methodical about it I uh, actually was doing it while I was writing my book uh, so that way I could write down the, um, the steps uh, as I did it, it was kind of, uh, I was, the, I was my own guinea pig, so to speak, <laughs> to make sure that it worked and uh, that way I could tell you about it. So, uh, let's get into it. So to start off with, uh, what I would recommend is I would recommend taking a look at your entire collection and, uh, tally up as good as you can, how much that you have spent on this collection. Now, uh, for me, my Canseco collection cost me $107,868. I ended up purchasing all that using the uh, profits of other baseball cards I purchased um, over the years. I've been a, a buyer and seller of cards for about a decade, uh, so I was very geared towards making sure I made the right purchases and uh, I already knew how to sell. Um, just mainly by doing. And I know that that number probably shocks you uh, if you haven't heard it, you know, whenever I talked about it on the news on television or in my book or whatever. But uh, yeah, sure enough, <laughs> I think I uh, even found out that the amount that I paid for my Canseco collection was higher than Canseco himself even got uh, uh, paid to start off in uh, playing baseball for the A's. <laughs> so it's kind of, a, kind of a weird feeling. And so that might be kind of a fun thing. If you collect an older guy, uh, who knows, maybe you've spent more money on your collection than your favorite baseball player was paid for his first full uh, Major League Baseball season. <laughs> I think you'd go to baseball-reference.com to figure out the uh, the salary of your favorite player um, if, you're, if you're interested. So, uh, but anyways, uh, like you, um, most likely, I found that I didn't realize that I had actually spent that much. Like, it's a lot, you know. And for me, my, my thought was, as long as I'm buying right, don't really have to worry about it because whenever time does come, to, uh, whenever it does come time to sell, um, yeah, I can get the money that I need out of it. So uh, the problem is, 
is I suspect that nine out of ten listeners of this very podcast uh, will not have that same result. Probably because you're not somebody that has spent a decade buying and selling baseball cards for profit. <laughs> and uh, that's okay. Um, I have plenty of hope to give you. So uh, let me give you an example. Let's say you have... Uh, amassed a Jeff Bagwell super collection over the past 15 years and you go holy crap uh, I have spent $40,000 on this and uh, you know that seems like an insurmountable uh, price which is fine even if you only get $28,000 out of it so we're talking about a $12,000 loss and I am literally telling you right now that that's fine. And that might sound kind of strange, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's okay though. Uh, if the market will only bear 28 grand out of your collection that you've spent $40,000 for, uh, then that's just what the market's gonna bear. I would highly recommend against ever hanging onto cards just because you won't be able to get all the money that you want out of it. Uh, the $28,000 that you have uh, tied up into that collection that's a resale value uh, could easily be something to uh, pay off. You could uh, use it really in a high leverage situation to pay off uh, high interest credit card bills that might be zapping you monthly. Uh, you might be able to pay down your house, pay off your car, uh, save, or even invest in baseball cards even more. And uh, that to me is like the exciting thing right there. I mean, I'm, shoot, guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm like over the moon excited uh, if I can help anybody out there to move some cards that they uh, don't love anymore and improve their quality of life. I mean, we're talking about a hobby that can be sold uh, from to improve uh, your stress level if it lowers credit card bills or monthly bills. I mean, that's, that's an amazing, awesome thing. Don't shy away from it either. You might say, oh, but I have so many awesome one-of-ones and super rare cards and I'll probably never see them again. Guys, there are so many stinking rare one-of-one -one cards out there. Uh, you can always pick up later down the road. You might not be able to get the specific cards that you have now back in the future. That's okay. They're always going to be making these cards that are like super... Uh, super rare and everything, you'll always be able to find some amazing cards down the road. And, uh, you know, so uh, in life, we all go through all these seasons. So don't ever be ashamed or upset uh, if in your life uh, is now the season to walk away from what you're collecting, whether it's baseball cards, comic books, GI Joes, whatever, doesn't matter, um, or even just refocus. Um, it's uh, sometimes a uh, a good thing to do and you know let's face it sometimes adulting sucks <laughs> but it's okay though because uh, you know this hobby is supposed to just be a hobby if it is um, zapping you in any way shape or form or adding any kind of stress and uh, it's taking away from your quality time with your family or uh, or a lot and not allowing you to really put your all in work then you know yeah maybe it's time to to refocus but anyways, as I said, uh, let's even go back to the uh, the $28,000 that you could possibly get out of the Jeff Bagwell collection, even though you put $40,000 into it. Uh, you can do a lot of damage, even from an investment perspective, 
uh, in baseball cards as long as you buy with the intent to sell down the road. So here's where the rebound comes and this is really exciting guys. You can take that 28 grand and over a year, if you uh, make educated purchases, you can turn that 28 grand into 60, 70, $80,000 uh, whenever you resell. So, and guess who would not have been able to do that had they not sold their $40,000 Bagwell collection for $28,000. So think about that for a little bit. Uh, one other thing that's gonna be very helpful for you, um, and obviously we're talking more about the, the uh, emotions and the psychology of amping yourself up to sell first before we actually get into the uh, tactical ways of doing it. Um, but uh, one thing that I always hear all the time from people is, oh no, I don't want to sell my collection for uh, 50 or 75% of what I have into it. I mean, I don't even want to sell it for 100% of what I got into it. It just wouldn't be worth it. You don't understand, Tanner, like how much uh, time and effort and how many sleepless nights I had and how many uh, trade uh, you know, things I had going with friends that were like so stressful and so crazy. They're exciting. And how many hours I have into sorting and buying, selling, yada, 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 and uh, cataloging, putting them online and all this. And so what a lot of people do is they think about this collection that they might have, not just as a Jeff Bagwell collection that his, uh, that they have $40,000 into. They also think that they have uh, literally years of their life into and so their train of thought is how on earth or why on earth would i sell uh my collection that i poured my heart and soul into for forty thousand dollars uh or even twenty eight thousand dollars if i have spent my uh all kinds of time into this and it just seems like it would be a terrible return on investment um it just doesn't make sense well i would what i would argue is I would suggest to look at this from an entirely different perspective. And that perspective is not that you have spent a lot of time and effort into organizing and collecting and searching and hunting and sorting and uh, you know storing and all that. I, would, I wouldn't look at that as time that you don't get back. I would look at that as the payment because it wasn't work. Definitely not work, it's enjoyment. So when you look at it that way, uh, it is not necessarily something that needs to be thought of that you won't be able to ever get uh, back out of your collection. I, I like to think of it more as you've already been paid in enjoyment through those hours of sorting and storing and uh, trading and hunting and searching and buying and selling. So when you think about it that way, when you think about the years, the the, the day in and day out, grind, the weeks, the months, uh, the seasons, everything. We think of all that time that you had put into collecting as uh, pure enjoyment. At that point, you don't have to think about it anymore as, uh, uh, as time that you'll never get back. You'll think of it as, man, this actual collection afforded me all kinds of joy all kinds of enjoyment, all kinds of relaxation and escape from real life. At that point, it seems a whole lot easier to sell because you don't feel anymore that you have to actually uh, try to squeeze out the money from the time you spent 
Um, and so I like to think of it that way. Um, I, I truly do. I remember with my Conseco collection, y'all, I spent like months on my website, consecocollector.com alone to scan, to document, to uh, post online, to create the website. Uh, and yeah, guess what? You know, if I, if I built that website uh, for somebody, um, not even counting the scanning time, like just setting up the framework, uh, I might have charged, you know, two, three thousand dollars to do something like that um, as web developer. Uh, forget the time uh, scanning. But the reason why uh, I wouldn't even ever consider for a second that that's lost because I sold my uh, my collection. Nope. Never think of it that way. I think of that as joy because I built something and it was a blast. I enjoyed it. It was a labor of love. So. All that said, hopefully that is a perspective changer for you, um, and that gives you all the uh, reasons uh, possible to uh, to sell this large collection that you might have, that you might feel prompted to move at this point, or it just might not be the right season for you to keep, or perhaps uh, you're just sick of it, you're tired, you're bored, you're on, you want to do something else. You want to get a, a Camaro or a Mustang or something instead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever your your life is uh, is uh, leading you, that's uh, that's what you want to do. You don't want to ever just kind of sit on your collection just because you feel like you won't be able to get everything out of it that you want. So uh, now the next uh, next step for me, uh, what my what my uh, what my next step was was this. Um, I targeted the other super collectors. Um, that heavily collected Conseco cards. There were about five, six, seven of them. Um, and so what I did was, before I, before I listed anything on eBay, anything at all, I uh, went to these guys, I think in real estate they call it a pocket listing, uh, when you have a uh, property for sale, but it's not really um, on uh, the market, so to speak. Well, that's what I did with these guys. Um, I did it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to give them exclusive access uh, because these are my uh, brothers in arms, basically, so to speak. They were my frenemies, and uh, you know, I still have many friendships with these guys still, uh, which is great. But uh, um, I want to give them an opportunity first before anybody else. But another thing is I knew that they're going to be willing to pay more than anybody else anyway. So about three weeks before I actually went public with uh, saying that I was going to retire from Super Collecting Conseco, um, I talked to them and I ended up selling right out the gate probably it's documented in my book and it's in my records I don't remember offhand but I think it's probably like ten or fifteen thousand uh, dollars which is great uh, you know, it's fantastic and as a matter of fact a lot of people uh, would be dumbfounded to hear that I even sold ten or fifteen thousand dollars worth of Jose Canseco cards uh, let alone uh, six figures worth uh, but Right out the gate, two or three weeks, over the course of uh, four, five, six, seven super collectors, that's what I, uh, that's how much I sold. It felt great to start off with, but let me tell you all something. <laughs> when you when you sell 15 grand out of uh, something that's close to $110,000 collection, you go, oh crap, well, um, that's great, I sold it, but now I have 90,000 more to go, and I've already emptied the wallets of all the big buyers. <laughs> So that, that's literally a thought that I had in my mind. Now, what I quickly found out, though, is these super collectors and other collectors in general as well, but especially these super collectors, 
just because they've emptied their wallets doesn't mean that they're done buying. So uh, as a result, over the next several months, almost each and every one of these super collectors came back over and over and over and over again as soon as they had more money. And, I mean, we're talking four, five, six different purchases of lots of cards uh, per person. And so uh, my advice to you would be to absolutely play the long game. Understand that it's not a one and done thing. And when you realize that, you need to also remember uh, to be extremely fair with these people that you sell to um, and be kind, make the sales process a very easy, enjoyable process for them so they will come back to you. Um, a lot of times the cards will sell themselves, but let me tell you something, just being a decent person goes, you know, does wonders. And uh, you know, I'm not just saying that for uh, the sake of sales, I'm just saying this world needs nice people. You know, just be a decent human being. Uh, so, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. Don't nickel and dime them. You know, give them incentives to come back. And uh, guess what? They will. And with me, they did as well. So, uh, concurrently with them coming back there uh, fourth, fifth, sixth times, um, after the first time, I, uh, I sold to all of them um, with about 15 grand in my pocket from my collection. Uh, I went live on uh, the forums and told everybody that's selling out. And uh, I got a tremendous amount of support. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend making a whole huge deal out of it, like writing a story about why and this, that, and the other. The only reason why I did is because that's just what I do. I've written free articles uh, for all of the major forums for uh, years and years now. So, uh, you know, some people thought it was strange that I did that for uh, selling out of my collection, but uh, if you know me, it would have been strange for me not to have <laughs> because I write about everything and I write these huge long articles and I, I don't charge anybody uh, or anything like that. It's, a, it's just a free thing that I do just to entertain everybody. So uh, I wanted to do that with this as well. And it wasn't necessarily a uh, reason for me to or way for me to advertise my collections for sale, though I knew you know, look, I'm not dumb. I know that gonna, knew there's going to be something where people would understand, oh, he's selling, let me buy from him. Uh, but that wasn't the primary purpose. The primary purpose was for me just to write, to do what I love. Love writing about everything in my collection. And I've been super happy to have everybody come along with me on my journey. And uh, it was a blast. And gosh, it was, it was so cool to see all of the uh, 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 support and feedback they got from everybody. I really loved it. I mean, it was just great. Um, every now and then you have one or two people say, why did you have to make such a big deal out of the, the selling of your collection? Why couldn't you just shut up and just done on eBay? And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that's okay. You're always going to get those people. Uh, and the best you can do is uh, uh, just ignore them because they don't really have uh, anything valuable to say anyways, um, generally speaking, if they're trying to rip you apart. So uh, the... Uh, the great thing about it, though, like I said, was the support. I mean, 99 out of 100 people just uh, you know, have my back, and I loved it. I appreciate it. Uh, so like I said, I wouldn't necessarily recommend writing an article uh, to talk about how you're selling out unless you write articles all the time like I did. I mean, that was just kind of that's who I am. Uh, so everybody sees my, my articles 
uh, every month on Blowout, Freedom, uh, Collection Universe, Net54, Beckett, Sports Card Forum. You know, I just, uh, I used to write for all of them. So um, uh, instead, uh, you know, use the uh, appropriate channels uh, in the for sale section and, and that sort of thing. So that'll help because you don't have to worry about uh, eBay fees or anything. And, um, you know, certainly the most important thing for you to do is to post it everywhere. Post your collection for sale everywhere. The more eyeballs that you have on your collection, the better of a chance that you have to sell. And I'll give you an example of a uh, super collection of another baseball player uh, that I sold. It was uh, Kyle Seeger. I picked up a Kyle Seeger super collection and uh, I posted, I ended up making my money back fairly quickly. And I had all these amazing cards uh, left over as a cardboard profit, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and so I posted on Facebook and Craigslist and eBay and some of the forums and stuff. And I remember just kind of after a couple of weeks going like, man, I'm, I'm so kind of just like, I don't know, frustrated. Like I'm not getting any bites whatsoever. Oh, well, okay. I'll go and blow out and I'll, I'll bump the uh, sale one more time. So I bumped it up and within five minutes, uh, somebody contacted me and, and they ended up buying it. Uh, I think a day or two later. Now, had I not bumped it, uh, his, the buyer's eyes would not have seen my, my listing. So it was a very good reminder to me that you always have to be vigilant of making sure that your, uh, your product, quote unquote, that you're selling is always in front of the eyes of the people that you want to buy. And you, the way you do that is you use as many channels as you can. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, if you're into that, uh, Craigslist, eBay, the forums, everything. The the wider net you cast, the better luck you'll have. Um, so with all that said, that kind of leads me into uh, step two. So step one, you determine how much money you would, uh, you would purchase your collection for. That way you can just kind of get a base level feeling of it. And, and by the way, let me step back on that also. Um, if you can't make your money back, like I said before, that's fine. It's just a matter of uh, allowing you to be able to have a realistic idea of where you came from. And if you don't have all of your receipts, that's okay. It's not a, it, you know, it's not a prerequisite to actually sell your collection, but it's good to have to start off with. Anyway, so step two, um, I put my collection on the forums and uh, I had a lot of people write to me and ask me uh, how much they had. It was very beneficial to me to have a visual checklist so I could say, hey, my collection's for sale, go to CansecoCollector.com, see what I have for sale. Um, and they were able to search it and fill their checklist. And I gotta tell you, that was something that was kind of special to me, to be able to uh, help out other collectors fill uh, the holes in their own collection with uh, cards that they hadn't really seen before other than the cards that were in my collection, which is, it was just a, it was a neat thing to be able to help them out. Uh, but I fully recognize also that you probably do not have a website that shows off your cards for sale and that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, the idea would be uh, to make sure that you can somehow visually represent what you do have. Uh, so if you're going on the forums in the buy, sell and trade section, um, I would highly recommend pictures. Uh, if you have just a checklist, people's eyes are going to glaze over. It's not going to be fun uh, to see all that stuff. So you might even want to consider grouping low-end cards as a lot, 
Jamie's low-end cards is a lot, low-end autograph uh, cards is a lot and that sort of thing. That will help your sales as well. So uh, you might also want to uh, take out all of the higher-end cards that you have and perhaps consider uh, selling those on eBay, like the mid to high-end cards. So what I did was after I put these cards on the forums and people started picking through my collection to pick up cards, that's when I started putting them on eBay. And uh, I think my rule of thumb for my collection whenever I was selling was to make sure that uh, every card that I had for sale would be worth at least $10 or more. Because uh, I didn't want to be in the business of shipping out cards that were like $1 or $2 or anything. And I, I priced each one of them slightly higher with the best offer so that way uh, I could work uh, you know, work with the price a little bit. And I think as a result, probably I only sold like three or four cards um, at full price. Um, but it's fun because it's like my phone is always ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching all the time. So it's kind of neat. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I think at one point when I was selling out, I think I ended up having like, I don't remember what it was, it's like a third or fourth of all of the Conseco cards for sale on eBay that were worth $10 or more. <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. It's it's funny even now because like I'm, you know, gosh, I'm like, a, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe like a little over a year away from having uh, started the sales process of my collection. I still see uh, my old cards for sale on, on eBay. So it's kind of fun. I get a kick out of it. As a matter of fact, I just accidentally uh, <laughs> bought one that was uh, previously from my collection the other day. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. I thought that was funny. But um, anyways, uh, so uh, whenever you do that, that means that you have the forums um, and you've grouped your lower end cards in certain lots, however you want to do it, mix and match. Uh, you know, so for Consego cards, for instance, what I did is I put my star cards, which uh, that's actually the name of the brand if you're not familiar. So uh, star made cards from like 1986 to 1992 or so for Conseco. So I sold it as a complete set run of star cards. And uh, I don't remember exactly how much I got out of it. It's probably, I feel like it was six or $700. Um, I had all the rare ones, the super, super duper rare promos and proofs and uh, different errors and it was a nice complete run for somebody uh, I feel like <sighs> I, had, I had dealt with so many people I want to give everybody a shout out that I sold to um, I think Rodney is the guy that uh, uh, purchased the uh, star cards but uh, you know beautiful complete turnkey collection to my recollection um, but anyways uh, so that helped because I wanted to do that instead of selling, oh, here's the 86 star set uh, for you know $20. Here's the 89 star set for $10. Could I have made more money that way? Yeah, but I'd probably still be sitting here selling cards. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure that I uh, 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 leveraged as much uh, time and put, put as good use to my time as possible. So uh, what that meant was not selling singles that were lower than $10 each. And, uh, you know, so that was extremely helpful to me. So the same thing would go for maybe lots of uh, uh, printing plates. I had a lot of printing plates. I sold those as, as a lot, I think. Um, same thing with all of the proofs or prototypes that were uh, cheaper. Um, it's very helpful to do this. And so uh, as I did all that, it means that like this, uh, 
large collection of over 5,000 cards didn't mean that I had to sell over the course of 5,000 different transactions. It was maybe uh, over the course of 300 transactions or something similar, uh, which is a lot better in my opinion because I don't want to be in the business of just, uh, you know, sending out dollar cards for, you know, a dollar plus like $3 shipping or whatever. <laughs> there are some people out there that do that sort of thing and they're very, uh, very uh, successful doing it, but that's just not me. I would rather get as much money out of it as I can as quickly as possible and then move on to the next thing. Uh, and surely if I uh, extrapolated out uh, selling every card, it might take me five, six years, but I'm sure I could have made a lot more money that way. Just not interested in doing that. Uh, you know, I, I like buying in bulk and selling in bulk and uh, moving on to the next deal. So, and that kind of goes to my next, uh, to my next point here is uh, as I was selling on, on eBay, I would concurrently run uh, dealer resale lots, meaning that, uh, you know, basically saying, hey, check out my other listings of all Conseco cards and I'm going to sell everything I have on eBay for 40 grand or whatever, or 30 grand or 20 grand. And so uh, it was very helpful because number one, it's kind of funny. I got a lot of press uh, for that. Like, holy crap, this guy is selling, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of uh, Conseco cards. This guy's a lunatic. And I had a lot of people get that because they didn't really understand the value of these cards. <laughs> but it was fun because it got them in front of the eyes of other people. So as a result, I was able to land a number of great deals uh, with people uh, that were dealers. And, uh, you know, so which was really fun because I would uh, be up late at night with uh, one dealer that was like, hey, um, uh, I'm not really interested in your lot, but because I saw your lot for sale, uh, I'm really interested in, uh, uh, you know, or, or it drove me to see your eBay store and I see that you have a lot of cards for sale of Consego. So I'd like to go through the list with you and make my own kind of uh, bulk lot purchase. So that happened maybe two, three, four times. Um, I also had somebody call me because um, they uh, saw my huge uh, pie in the sky, so to speak, uh, uh, price tag on a lot of my Conseco stuff. And it was a dealer that was in I don't remember exactly where it was. It was, uh, I want to say West Virginia, but I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, he ended up dropping $12,000 on Conseco cards uh, with me too. So uh, every little move like this was very helpful to accomplishing my goal. And so what I want you to walk away from this conversation with is kind of how I did it. So, you know, just as a little bit recap kind of of where we've come from is we've started off with the psychology of selling and why it's okay to sell. Um, and if at all possible um, to determine how much uh, you have into the collection, though it's not necessary, it's just a good way to start off. Um, and moving on after that, um, it's a great idea to uh, contact the super collectors, uh, the other fellow super collectors, your frenemies, uh, because they're likely going to be able to pay the most or be willing to pay the most for the cards that they want uh, anyways. And with the understanding of playing the long game that they're going to keep coming back to you over and over again, 
and then moving on to the forum, social media, saying that you're selling out and showing everybody what you have, uh, again with pictures, not necessarily just a list, um, and also consider uh, selling your low-end stuff in lots so you can move the lower-end stuff quickly. Um, finally, uh, not finally, but the next step, move uh, all of your uh, mid to higher-end cards at a certain price or higher, like for me it was $10 or higher on eBay, along with running uh, sales, uh, for sale posts on social media, the forums, Craigslist, anywhere and everywhere, uh, targeting dealers or resellers. Uh, and uh, so that way you just, you're able to cast your net a little bit wider. Because when you do that, by the way, you're no longer just targeting the player collectors, the team collectors, the set collectors. You're targeting the people that want to make money off of, uh, off of buying from you to sell, which is perfectly fine. Make an incentive for them to do it. And you really have to determine if you want uh, to make every single penny uh, possible out of your collection at the expense of spending all kinds of hours listing and shipping, that sort of thing, uh, versus you know, maybe not making every penny out of it and moving things in lots. And I think that after you think about it for a while, you'll find a happy medium. I really think you will. Um, that's kind of what I did. Uh, I was able to figure out what I was most comfortable with. And as a result, you know, they, I had great success. Um, the last thing that I did uh, was there, there are two kind of big moves at the end. Um, I had made a number of uh, dollars from the super collection to begin with, then the forums and social media, and then, uh, and then eBay after that. And then of course the dealers that hit me up because they heard about, uh, about me and these crazy, uh, for sale things for a collection. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that worked out real nicely. Um, but you know, finally what ultimately ended up happening is I found out at the end, I said, huh, this is interesting. I need, you know, nine or $10,000 worth more of sales. And guess what? Uh, I'm going to have broken even. So uh, what I did was I made, I reached out to one of the super collectors who ended up being a, uh, a dealer as well. And his name's Curtis. And so Curtis, shout out to you here. Um, and I said, hey, look, man, I've got all these cards here uh, for sale. And if you are willing uh, to buy all of them uh, to get me to a point where I can break even. And by the way, of course, I had a number of other cards that I was keeping for myself, um, you know, for sure, uh, because I had determined that I was going to keep a few to begin with. But if you're willing to uh, uh, pay this amount uh, to go ahead and uh, break even, uh, so I can break even, um, I'm willing to sell these to you. And he agreed to it. So I was probably... I want to say five or six months into selling this huge mammoth collection. Uh, you know, and uh, I ended up breaking even. I ended up making money off of it uh, uh, when all is said and done. So it worked out really nicely. And uh, you know, so I guess that was kind of the main, the main tipping point. So and I'm trying to remember as I go because I think I might have to backtrack. I don't think he got everything that I had that was for sale. I don't really remember exactly all the specifics, but um, I do know I was able to turn a profit and I was able to keep a number of cards as well as buy some back uh, after I was done. So 
um, you know, that was really kind of the key to my success ultimately ended being, ultimately ended up being, um, you know, to listen to all of the different channels that were afforded me. So super collectors, the forums, social media, um, team collectors, player collectors, set collectors, uh, dealers, uh, you know, and all of those avenues and, and keeping up uh, relationships with everybody and checking in with them every now and then if they want anything else. So uh, this is a good sales tactic. It's the, do you want fries with that sales tactic? So if you have somebody that buys a card that's like, say, uh, um, uh, I don't know, as an example, a, a PSA 10 rated rookie and they want to buy it. You say, okay, great. Well, by the way, I also have uh, a six honors uh, highlights PSA 10 and the rookies PSA 10 that would go fantastically with these. What do you think? It doesn't work all the time, but it ends up selling a lot more cards than if you don't even ask. And, uh, you know, the, this is actually taken from, uh, the fast food sales tactic where you go through the drive through and you ask for a burger and they ask if you want fries with that. And then they found that a lot of people say yes. So they're upping their, uh, their sales, uh, substantially if they're just asking for the sale. So, uh, even in shopping carts online, uh, you look at the bottom of the shopping cart, you see um, other recommended items, you know, so that's kind of what you're doing. <laughs> always, uh, always play offense um, when you're selling and it'll help you get to your goal a lot quicker, I promise you. So, uh, now, uh, it does take a good amount of time to do this, um, but if it's something that you really want to do, uh, I hope that I've given you the tools to be able to actually do it. Um, and I know I have, it's just up to you at this point to really put this in play. Um, so one other bonus thing that I would tell you to do is before you do any of this stuff at all is, uh, uh, do what I call the firehouse drill. What the firehouse drill is, is you pretend that your house is on fire and you have only a stack of cards that you can grab and run out of the house with. Uh, and everything else catches on fire. When you determine that stack of cards, you might find out quickly that those are the cards that you really want to keep and you might want to keep instead of selling. And that's fine if you want to do that. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you look at your collection, your Jeff Bagwell super collection, that's $40,000 that you paid into it that you can only get 28,000 for out of or whatever, uh, which again is fine, uh, but you might find uh, five, 10, 15, 20 cards that you really want to keep for one reason or another. That's perfectly fine. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to keep some uh, at the end, even though many of my favorites were for sale. Some of them didn't sell because I just flooded the market. <laughs> and I was very fortunate for that. And I was even more fortunate because some people were willing to sell back to me uh, the cards I really wanted at the same price I sold to them or for a little bit of a markup, which I was, you know, perfectly fine with doing. Uh, but, you know, very kind to these people. But, uh, you know, ideally uh, for you, it might be best to not put yourself in that situation if you want to keep some. So uh, anyways, that's all I have for you for now. Um, I hope that does help. And uh, if you truly are thinking about uh, selling uh, and there are questions that you have that this podcast hasn't answered, I would be happy to answer anything for you um, if you want to reach out to me on uh, Twitter at TanManBBFan or on Gmail, TanManBaseballFan at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to help out.
thank you everybody for listening. I hope you all have a great night.